Hello everybody, welcome to Into the Fire, where every week we go into the fire to clear the smoke on today's hot topics. Today we're talking to Jessica LaRusso, and Jessica is the owner of Powered by Jessica and Powered by Profit. And Jessica, if you don't mind telling everybody a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do. Thank you, Rob. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for allowing me to come on your show. It's a great honor, of course, and I really Mm -hmm. like what you're doing uh, for the community, teaching people about um, uh, fire extinguishers, fire safety, for example. Mm -hmm. And I do watch your show all the time because I really, I I believe it has a lot of value and I uh, make sure that people see it so that they can also see the value in it and keep themselves safe as well. well, Great to have Um, uh, the viewers out there. Yeah. (laughs) Love having you out there. Oh, thank you. Um, As for myself, as you know, I used to own a business for a very long time Mm -hmm. in the spa industry, and I sold that about four years ago. And of course, it's still going strong because, of course, um, you know me and systems. I love systems. And uh, now what I do is I really take all the... Um, tried and tested true Mm -hmm. formulas and strategies that I have learned and um, use different training methods to uh, train uh, organizations like yourself, individuals on business strategies, but also my niche market is really about uh, credibility, uh, reputation management, Mm -hmm. and of course, being believable so that you can increase your sales, grow your business, and of course, uh, make that bottom line. For sure. And it's interesting because when we were talking earlier, that's one of the things we really wanted to get into was the importance of being believable in business and why we want to do it, uh, the downsides of all that. So do you mind kind of going into the why it's so important to be believable in business? Absolutely. Well, number one, I can give you a stat uh, through Weber and Shandwick. And the stat states that 49% of of the CEO's uh, credibility is, is really what builds their business. Okay. And that translates, and that reputation translates into 60% of an organization's market share, market share. Excuse me. So you can see how important believability really, which is the foundation of credibility and, of course, uh, reputation management really is. Okay. So when you were talking about the CEO having a high level of believability, does that become... Um, something along the lines of, you know, them then, then taking it down to the next group, their next level of management and making sure that they're driving that through their organization? Absolutely. Because the leader, as much as, as much as, you know, we, we've been programmed that, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you can remember the uh, CEO or the mm-hmm. big kahuna, right. the big poobah, <laughs> um, standing beside behind the desk. Mm-hmm. His office or her office yeah. Yeah. was closed. They were busy doing their work. And it was everybody else doing a whole bunch of, of things. Now the CEO needs to be front and center and leading their team, leading the business, mm-hmm. communicating their vision. Um, communicating what they're going to do and their intention for the public and how they're going to help different people, different organizations, whatever their niche market is or target market. And so if they're doing this and the way you described it right now, what they're really doing on top of that is building their corporate culture, wouldn't they? That's one thing. Mm -hmm. Of course, the culture, but also communicating 
um, their intention for the world, what they're mm. going to give, right. service, notice I'm using mm. those words, right. what they're going to give to the world. And that's going to translate into dollars. That's going to translate into people saying, you're the person that I need to work with. So for instance, mm-hmm. when we look at when people want to buy anything or, or or anybody wants to work with anybody, because it even uh, moves down to relationships as well. Um, they're really looking at you. So when people want to buy something or be with someone, they look at you, then they look at the staff or the organization. So when you had said, does it translate down to, you know, your executives and then below and below? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then they look at the organization as a whole, then the industry reputation, and then your widget. So if you're selling fire extinguishers, which is behind you, I'm not going to say everybody sells fire extinguishers, but there's other organizations selling fire extinguishers. I know you do a lot of other things as well, Oh yeah. but we're just talking about the fire extinguisher. What makes me as a customer or anyone else want to buy your fire extinguisher? And it all comes down to who you are, what you give, and what your organization stands for as well. So what you're saying, if I'm understanding this correctly, is these days in the world of online shopping and all that sort of thing, uh, building your relationship uh, and your credibility through by being believable is more important than it's ever been. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm just, I'm just yes, yes. <laughs> and you see it all the time with people have a choice mm-hmm. and they choose with their wallet and they need to decide what is the best choice for them. So it, mm-hmm. there's, there's nine uh, believability um, elements. That is the foundation of all credibility and all reputation management. Um, one of them, the big one, is mm-hmm. trust, and that underpins every kind of uh, skill or credibility enhancement skills that you you have at your arsenal that you can employ. And it's interesting you mentioned trust because that's one of the things, um, you know, when we're talking, say, um, Patrick Lencioni and his books, his foundation of everything he talks about within an organization starts with trust. Yes. Because if you don't have trust, you can't have the good conversations, you can't have the good conflict, where the importance in good conflict is being able to have a conversation that is about moving the cup across the table, not about taking the other person down and when everyone can trust each other knowing that we're moving the cup not not beating up on each other the trust is is there to allow people to grow as a team absolutely Mm -hmm. and that comes down to another element of Mm -hmm. of believability which is um civility social Mm -hmm. intelligence really positive relationships Mm -hmm. so when i know that you're a, a large or big advocate of creating that culture Mm -hmm. and those are part of the things that create that culture because um i remember last time uh, brian sharpstein a friend of ours from brian's uh, great guy yeah from canadian footwear so shout out to brian of course (laughs) um he talked about um creating um trust and having people work together and even you know people don't knowing common sense and and understanding um what to do in certain situations and how those people wouldn't fit. Right. So let's let's focus on that for a minute. One okay. one of the skills to build is called social intelligence. And the stat for that is 85% of your financial success, your success in your personal life, mm. 
building relationships and your success in your career, your organization is really about social intelligence. And that involves three things social radar, social style, and of course, um, the social knowledge, knowing that when you, um, you're in a boardroom and you sit at a certain table that I'm not going to, or I'm sorry, certain seat that I'm not going to go and just automatically sit in your seat, which everyone's used to you sitting in. It's knowing those little nuances. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Absolutely. And the problem is, is that when Uh, the children growing up or people growing up right now, they didn't have a chance to really learn that those things of social intelligence or those parts of social intelligence Mm -hmm. where they can understand, well, if if dad raises his eyebrow or mom raises her (laughs) eyebrow, that means I'm in trouble. Maybe I need to smarten up and not say anything or say things inappropriate. They don't have a chance to learn that and one of the big reasons is because you have too many basement trolls sitting downstairs um, (laughs) playing on their computers and really not socializing and I remember when my kid who is now 25 um, went and he was going growing up you know I had said you need to start finding some activities you need to start doing some stuff and uh, but mom I have my friends they're all online you're missing that big key elements. We spend a lot of our time helping individuals, both young and old, boomers mm-hmm. to Generation Z now, right? Right, Absolutely. Learning how to really interact, understand what happens in situations, um, understanding your style, the energy, etc. So you can see how believability really impacts a lot of different avenues of things. Well, and it's interesting because you bring that up and you think how many people uh, misinterpret an email or misinterpret a text because two things that are happening. One, like you say, you don't have that social interaction, so they can't read your face or your body language as you're speaking, but they also don't get the tone and inflection of your voice. So they don't know whether you're happy in saying something or angry, or sarcastic, or whatever it may be. And unfortunately, if you've got someone that doesn't have a high level of trust, what could have been a very positive thing is actually interpreted as negative, and it spins the team the wrong way. Well, another thing too, is when we talk about trust, trust in yourself. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring up uh, something that um, is um, Albert Einstein uh, talked about, and a lot of people use as, and I'm going to use it today, as a method of explaining the lens that you you look through. Okay. So, for example, if you're not um, trusting yourself and you've got a, mm. your self confidence is down, and that's a big issue or big um, uh, element, especially with believability, when you have low self confidence, you start looking at things a little bit differently. So, Albert Einstein stated that um, if you look at the world, you have a choice. And your choice is to whether you're going to look at the world as friendly or if you're going to look at the world as hostile or unfriendly. So if you have this um, lens where your decisions are made on uh, unfriendly world, so you build bigger walls, you're trying to keep yourself safe, you're going to build weapons, you're going to view things as negative. No matter what, yeah. Make decisions that are mm -hmm. negative. You might even choose to, I need to protect myself. So this email that means that is just a bunch of words or stating something, you're going to look at it as a hostile attack. So you're going to... Respond in kind. Yeah, Yeah. or phone Mm -hmm. them or... Or something's going to happen, but it won't be good. Or sabotage, and this is really important, you're going to sabotage something at work to make the other person look bad, but it makes your organization 
um, lose money because of loss of time, etc. But on the other side, if you view the world as a friendly place, you're going to use all your resources, your manpower, your money to create things that are going to help the world and make the world better for everyone. Right. So when you uh, really trust yourself, since Mm -hmm. we're talking about the element of trust, when you trust yourself and make a decision that the world is a friendly place, well, guess what? First of all, um, it's going to be brighter. And you start making decisions that, oh, this person asked this. Mm -hmm. Great. Here's your stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Have a great day. (laughs) Ta-da. So how do we go about building that? How do we build that believability in the the, uh, CEO so that they can take it to their team and, as a leader, shift those people from that dark place to a lighter place? Well, first of all, the leader has to learn, really discover... Mm -hmm how they're interpreting things they need to go through do they trust themselves and really decide on on um through training really what it is that they're doing right um transparency they have to decide they have to write their success picture i'm going to say that and then from that point on it trickles down and one of the things that i say is is that if you're concerned about culture and trust in your organization there's a trust survey that you can do it's confident, like you you cannot say, here, do you trust me? You, and of course, they're <laughs> no. going to say, yes, yes, yes Rob, I, yeah, I trust yeah. you very much. You're the greatest guy. Yay. Yeah. But really, you discover, um, done properly with someone who's not involved in the organization, to do a trust survey, to really discover what people are thinking. And that's really important to have an honest, unbiased view of um the organization or the person right. who is going to actually, people are going to actually tell the truth. So that way you can start kind of identifying where the flaws are, uh, the areas of weakness so that you can go in and start supporting that, building it, growing it, or making the changes. Um, I think one of the things that holds a lot of leaders back and a lot of you know CEOs and, and different people like that is just the pure fear of trying something new and thinking that they're going to fail at it and be humiliated or embarrassed or, you know, so they read about it in a book and they go, okay, yeah, yeah, this makes sense. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it on a regular basis. It's going to be great. And then they get to the office and the first person walks into their office and, oh, I'm not going to try this because, oh my God, what if I fail? What if I look like a fool? Right. And no one wants to... No one wants to look like a fool. Now, re- mm-hmm. now, as remember, we first met when I had an organization with 22 employees. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah. uh, you know, motivating them, understanding them, um, providing a safe place for people to learn, for people to fail, for people to fall softly is really important. And that is, uh, that is people trusting you or me um, that if they fail, if they try something and it doesn't turn out perfect and that they can do it again, people need to know that they're okay to do that. Well, they're not going to grow. If, and I've said this in, in you know, different scenarios, that if we don't allow them to make decisions, uh, if they're not allowed to have a bit of that failure, and that doesn't mean let them catastrophically implode or anything crazy like that. But what we have to do is give them that opportunity because if we don't, we haven't empowered them. Exactly. And one of the things that, that has worked for uh, myself and my team was having a constant communication, mm-hmm. not that communication that happens every once in a while when something goes wrong or or the yearly review, which is empty for a lot of people because mm-hmm. it really doesn't reflect 
what's going on with their work or the organization. It's just, oh, you did a good job or you did a bad job or maybe you should do this and it's all a written thing out and yeah. nobody... Yeah, once a year's no good. Yeah, exactly. That constant communication that is what's happening with you, what's happening with your work, mm-hmm. um, what project are you working on and really getting involved with that particular person and helping them understand that, yes, they may, may be... Um, a cog in a bigger picture, mm-hmm. right? Moving a wheel, but they're an important part of that particular wheel that moves everything. And I am an, a great advocate in really creating value, creating value in a business, creating value in an organization, creating value within that employee and telling them they are an important part of this organization because if they weren't, they wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't agree more. And I look at, you know, our organization, we have, uh, you know, the front uh, business support staff and that's everyone from, you know, the accounts payables, account receivables, the, even the, the lady that answers the phone to the guy at the back that's the shipper receiver. Well, if we didn't have those people doing those jobs and doing them well, what do you need a sales team for? Because no one's answering the phones. That's right. No one's, you know, being the traffic cop at the front, you know, to make sure that the right call goes to the right place. So now your operations is struggling because a call that should have went to operations went to sales. And, you you know, so every job is important. And we have to always remember that one function isn't more important than another. You know, right down to the technicians in the field that, you know, we call them the bean makers around here. Right. <laughs> and, you know, because, you know, you have your bean counters. Right. We have to make beans to, to have something to count. Right. But everyone has a function and that function is important. Yes, absolutely. And when you you had said your um, the person answering the phone, mm-hmm. did you know that the person answering the phone is just as important as you are, Rob? Mm-hmm. They are. And the reason why is because they're your first line of defense to having a person say, hmm, this is a great organization to to buy my... Well, it's the first point where people come in and they go, well, that was good. That was a a pleasant experience. And I've made those calls to different places and you get the kind of the run around or you get someone that's having a bad day and and all the different things that go with it. And you walk away from it with a bad experience and you think, do I want to call there again? No, <laughs> you know. Well, I, you know, I look at the stats, and I look mm-hmm. at seventy-two percent of people, if they've had a bad experience, and and depending on their lens, mm-hmm. how they really perceive that experience, they'll go someplace else. Mm-hmm. And and it's really you have to be very very mindful, and you have to really invest in people that you work with so that they are representing your organization the way you want it represented. Yeah, that is so key. Yes. And just one-offs on under, you know, looking at something or training them Mm -hmm. is, is not going to work. You just can't say, well, I've talked to you and I've trained you in, you know, a half day, whatever it is, you should be good for the next 20 years. People change, situations change. Your business has grown. Absolutely. Uh, The equipment changes. Just like you say, every time we grow and add another person, add another department, add another layer of management, it has a ripple effect all the way through the entire business. And exactly, you have to spend that time with each individual and say, where are you? Why are you there? And all of the things that they need to be stronger going forward. Exactly. And you had, I know your focus is on culture because your people are the ones that really add value Mm -hmm. to an organization. But think about kindness. Think about 
courtesy, think about respect with an organization. If you really want things to change within your organization or make you, uh, change sounds like we're changing things, but it make things better, it, you know, grow your organization. Think about having people respect each other. Change the behavior, changes the attitude in adults. Yeah. Yeah. And the other interesting part too is, and I don't like getting into a lot of dollars and cents of things, but good culture drives profit. Absolutely. You know, it's, if your people are working together and the first thing they're thinking about is the internal customer, meaning their coworkers and they're supporting each other and understanding what the steps of a process are going to be and helping through that, uh, they take care, better care of each other. And the social element within the group comes up. Absolutely. You know? They're happy to be here. They're they're going to take care of each other. They're not going to sit in sabotage. Sabotage. I forgot to give you that message, Rob. Mm-hmm. That message was a $2,000 sale. Right. Or it could have, uh, you know, that mm-hmm. message was something that was broken in the back. Or that message could be anything. Mm-hmm. But when you have people who feel slighted, they start doing things that are not Those helpful. Those petty little things. Huh? Absolutely. And... S- those petty little things can morph into something that is um, uh, something like violence, for mm-hmm. example, which mm-hmm. we've seen over and over and over again. So teaching people respect behaviors, even if it's unfocused. I didn't know that doing this all day annoys you, or I didn't know that saying good morning or good afternoon was the right thing to do, which now we have to teach. I teach younger adults, I, I call them adults, even though they, they're five years old, mm-hmm. that manners, start. I start with manners and it translates into their confidence. It translates into doing good for other people mm-hmm. and playing well and even getting better grades because they're mm-hmm. confident, they're happy. Yeah. Both of my kids, uh, one of them are executive producers right oh. here smiling at us. <laughs> but uh, you know, they've heard me say a thousand times, you'll get further in life with good yeah. manners than you will with anything else. And I know as simple as that, and I know that manners has been uh, given a, a you know, bad word because we think of someone really poshy with the teacup and, and all this stuff, <laughs> yes. but it's not about that. It's about courteous. Uh, so for example, we were at the um, chamber event the other day, mm-hmm. yeah. state of the city, and uh, the lady beside me, of course, she had the hand wash. Would you like some hand wash? Absolutely. Taking care of other people. Mm-hmm. And even at the dinner, people w- didn't know how to navigate the dinner table. And I always say, and I'm going to, this is going to be so rude and I'm so sorry, but in private, but now I'm going to say this out loud. <laughs> no, you're saying it to the entire yeah, world. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Manners mm-hmm. is like yeah, passing gas, passing mm-hmm. gas. Yeah. Everybody knows you did it but they're not going to say anything, but mm-hmm. they're going to steadily step away, step backwards because mm-hmm. they don't want to be around you. So even mm-hmm. basic courtesy, showing, showing your manners mm-hmm. is important. And that, and, and we can, you know, I, I may swear from time to time, what? but you? yeah, I know. But having <laughs> that courtesy also mm-hmm. is, is the basis, one element for being believable in that mm-hmm. civility where you care for other people mm-hmm. and make it part of who you are. Mm-hmm. So if you're on the side of the road, I'm going to stop and pick you up because that's a safety concern. Right. Interesting. And you're right. It's the little gestures. And I'm going to talk about the state of the city because we both go to a lot of these yes, luncheons. absolutely. And once, Everyone is around the table. We've got, you know, every seat. So everyone knows where our table is and where their seat is. Yes. They always have that little flag right in the middle. And if you're trying to talk to someone on the other side, you're both mopping and weaving. So I always grab that thing and just put it down. Absolutely. Just so that everyone 
at the table now isn't being obstructed. And just, just those little things that say, you know what, we can talk to each other, you know, without being as blunt as that, but just getting that out of the way. It's a little barrier. It's about showing value, showing the other person that they are valuable, Mm -hmm. which is really important. And there's little behavior. So for example, um, when we meet someone, we shake each other's hands, not because it's just the normal thing to do. It's because of that um, touch gives us endorphins that creates a better bond, better trust. Have doing business over dinner or some sort of food, uh, 12% increase in your uh, likelihood of getting a sale. So you mm-hmm. can see that sharing a meal, doing certain things uh, is so very important. There are rules to managing a table because manners are really geared in safety. So for example, you take your shoes off when you come in the house, so you're not tracking dirt all over the place. You take your hat off at the table because it's been outside. It's got all this dirt all over it so that it's not on the table. Mm-hmm. You manage your cutlery in a certain way as to not make your food dirty so you're not going to get sick. Right. There yeah. are safety reasons yeah. <laughs> to all of this stuff that sometimes gets misinterpreted. Or, or just lost because it maybe they haven't been talked about for a long, long time. Um, you know, I, I never thought of the dirt on the hat thing that you just brought up. I mean, we always, hats off at the table. That's yes. just what you do. But um, it was always just more of a, it's good manners. And I thought, you know, it kind of opens your face up. Yeah. But I never once thought of, you know, the dirt coming off of your hat into your plate or to somebody else's plate. Right, You know, or, exactly. or the dinner, you know, as you're passing things along, you know. So, and I know I'm talking about very simple <laughs> things, but mm-hmm. even opening the door, and the door, of course, is behind the the bison here (laughs) um opening the door or thinking about opening the door while a person's carrying a lot of packages number one you're you're concerned about them uh and their safety but also are they hurting themselves even about your insurance Mm -hmm. right if they trip and fall and and break open their head uh, um that's a safety another safety concern so when Mm -hmm. we talk about credibility it encompasses a lot of things from basic manners to um your reputation as a CEO and your bottom line of you keeping everybody employed, mm-hmm. you and know. That's, and that's important. I mean, you know, people always think, oh, the boss is doing all this great stuff and having all this fun and going on these great vacations. And you know and I know that mm-hmm. we worry about making sure that we are feeding our people, that there's constant work coming in, that, you know, we're always working to try and improve the area that, you know, of our business to make it, um, you know, more enjoyable. I, I want people to come in and do an eight-hour day and go home feeling proud of what they've done. Exactly. You know? And that is a believable business. Mm-hmm. That is a credible CEO, which you are. And uh, that is an organization with a great reputation. Right on. Well, you know what, Jessica, it's been a great chat and I'm really, you know, glad you made the time to come out and sit with me today and, and share some of your of knowledge. Course, of Is course. there an easy way for people to get a hold of you? Uh, just email me, Jessica mm-hmm. at poweredbyjessica.ca or you can just uh, give me a call 204-770-4864. Thank you. All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week on Into the Fire.